Darkcast Network. Welcome to the dark side of podcasting. to castles and cryptids where the castles are haunted and the cryptids are cryptic as fuck and the hosts are some of them a little sleepy <laughs> i'm always sleepy when we record i didn't even tell uh, you but i almost <laughs> sorry <laughs> i uh it hit like 7 20 and i was laying on my couch and my eyes started closing and i was like this is gonna be great i wonder when she's gonna text me and be like do you I'm ready to record because I'm like, I'm half asleep on the couch right now. Oh, especially the after dinner dozies. Yep. Oh my mm-hmm. God, I've never called it that before. <laughs> Pat sometimes calls it being like food drunk. Or... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely can give you a little bit of the sleepies. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. Gotta start having dinner earlier. What the hell? The days are getting shorter. <laughs> This is coming yeah. out at the end of September, my God. <laughs> oh, when you said I'm sleepy, I was going to make a literal dad joke that my dad would make. I was going to be like, hi, sleepy. I'm Alana. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> That's sleepy over there. Sometimes we call her Kelsey. <laughs> I'm always tired, okay? Oh, no. Oh, that's right. You were saying you're always tired when we record. Well, sometimes we record on Saturdays during the day. Those are nice times when we can make that happen. Because then we're like, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Welcome to me being over 25. I don't know. (laughs) What can I say? (laughs) We're so depressing today. No. I'm tired too. I said, wait, I'm tired one. She's tired too. She's tired <laughs> always. Um, you guys are probably tired. And if we start Y'all saying deserve we're a tired, nap. everyone's going to start yawning and <laughs> fall yeah. asleep at their desks or fall into a, you know, have a horrible car crash. <laughs> oh, don't get me yeah, started. Yeah, we don't want that. No, we don't want that. But are you guys driving? I love it when podcasts are like, someone's driving right now. And I'll be like, I am driving right now. (laughs) Because like sometimes they get it right, inevitably. (laughs) I've never listened to a podcast while driving because I feel like I wouldn't pay attention at all to what they're saying. I'd be so focused on like driving. Yeah, but it's such that mindless drive when you drive home every day from work. I mean, yeah, yeah, you do have to be uh, obviously very aware with these stupid Edmonton drivers. You never know when someone's just going to whip out in front of you or yes. slow down before they put their signal on. So you have to guess oh. what's happening. Yes. By the way, why is every single like main artery fucking road through this goddamn city under construction right now? It's, every it's that time route, of year. They're just like, oh, we promised we were going to get to it this summer. We only have two weeks until the ground freezes. Let's start all the construction now. It's going to take six months to finish. All the barricades will be up <laughs> all winter. And then we'll yes. we'll have a jump start by spring. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, they've been working on the those big barrier parts beside the 
the yellowhead that when I when I go to work that I've been like, you guys have been working on this for two years, like three I, since I've been working on the South Side since yeah. the pandemic. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Okay. Yes. No. This. Tell us you're old without telling us you're old. We talk about. <laughs> We were talking about having favorite pens right before we start recording. Okay, that was quite cute, I thought, because we my said favorite the young people wouldn't get it. My favorite pen, I have probably one of them in this room. Oh no. Um, right now. And if I don't in black, it's definitely in a different color. Uh you buy them at Staples. They're very cheap and they last forever. It's in your shirt front pocket with your pocket protector. <laughs> no it's in my uh mm. like i used to keep a game of thrones mug that had like a deep crack in it so like i couldn't use it as a mug oh, to yeah. drink out of my mother you of dragons mug yeah so that's in I my room that. it's on it's on my on shelf right now yeah okay so i still keep all my pens in it um <laughs> i'm slowly working away it- my way through my inventory of pens i had still from when i worked there because i don't really oh use God. pens anymore it's like writing my grocery list once well, they a week gave and you like... guys pens in, in the insurance department in our department they never would well you travel you'll get them from the hotel i'm like uh, okay yeah we got the shitty constantly... blue ballpoint <laughs> like no name pens that are just garbage uh oh. that clients wouldn't even steal from you because nobody wanted them we had people that were like oh i accidentally took your pen here it is and they'd come back and you'd be like oh somebody returned the pen they accidentally took because they hate it wow that's sad yeah. <laughs> i actually do as i say this i was uh, the one i have in here for writing down um our episode list because that still goes into a a paper notebook on yours list. mine's typed Mine's on. We're hey, online. Did you see how fast I found what those other episodes were that we did? I was like, oh yeah, that was January. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. So organized. I, mean, <laughs> I just don't like if I but if oh. I have to change something, I'd have to cross it out and then it's that way forever, unless I rewrite the whole thing. Oh shush, so, I know it doesn't look good. But this yeah. is actually an official official card of universal orlando oh no it's an american express pen it says official card of universal orlando so i did get this for free on a travel agent trip probably (laughs) so you're a liar no (laughs) yeah they sent us to anaheim once woohoo i'd never be able to afford disney on my own (laughs) yeah anywho this is gonna be a sad episode so i guess we'll yeah, some of the silliness out now because it's about missing and murdered indigenous women. Yeah, we don't like to talk about, but happens all the time in the U.S. and Canada. Much more than we talk about. So we're going to talk happens. about it today. It happens at like very alarming rates compared to. The average population, I guess, when you look at the percentage of the population that is like Indigenous or First Nations versus yeah, the victims, I guess, of murders or um, people that go missing, uh, their rates are yeah. quite significantly higher than uh, they typically should be 
based on their percentage of population, which is very sad. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, it just makes it very, very dangerous just mm-hmm. to be, yeah, an indigenous woman here. Yeah, just even to in be a Canada. Woman is bad enough. <laughs> yeah, even in Canada here, the rates are extremely high. So, yeah, yeah. with upcoming, like, Orange Sorry. Shirt Day and stuff, mm-hmm. we wanted to to cover some of the cases and help highlight some people i assume with yours maybe like mine's uh i have a number of victims that we know are like missing that their bodies Mm. and stuff have never been found so right just so heartbreaking that that has to be the case and yeah that we can't seem to crack the cases devote enough resources or yeah. I'm sure they need more time and money and people. A lot more money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've got depressing, I guess, stats or. Uh, I, don't know. I didn't get. Uh, not too, really, but yeah. Too much into know. that, but I, I did find like. Yeah. Uh, a collection that all ended up being related um, mm-hmm. based on okay. like who was committing them, allegedly. Um, they, it's a very new uh like cases that have happened so uh okay well that's good because yeah we wanna spotlight things that could hopefully be solved someday with the right coverage yeah. and, like people giving up information or <laughs> coming forward or doing dna mm-hmm. tests and whatever oh yeah okay yeah uh, i don't really Let's just, yeah, we can crack into it. Sorry, sorry, this was not going to be so funny, but our country also has a shitty past, you know, just like um, Americans are always like, yeah, we never hear about this stuff at school. And I'm like, that's just like, we don't hear about our shitty past in school. It's because it's not just like, hey, guess what we did? Like, "Mm, we like stomped out this culture or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> no. So uh, my cases are uh, described their serial killings. It's a group of like serial killings that happened uh, in 2022 in Winnipeg uh, here oh, in wow. Canada. Yeah, very oh, really recent. recent. It's like oh. um, within the last year, year and a half, really. Damn. So um, yeah, the case is... The trial's, like, still ongoing. Um, I don't even know if it's happened. It it was already delayed, it seemed like, once. So the newest information I came up said, like, that there was no, con- like, final convictions. Like, no prison sentence handed down or anything like that yet. Um, but the okay. most recent updates I could find were from July of this year, 2023. Um, so... Yeah, I didn't really find anything more recent than that, so okay, we'll see. Um, yeah, maybe we'll have to do an update. Yeah, I'm sure anything will be coming out like in the next couple months, hopefully. But these uh, serial killings were thought to be committed between March and May of 2022. Uh, the f- first victim that was found that kind of started it all 
at least from an investigation standpoint, was Rebecca Contois. And, yeah, she was a member of the Ochichaco Sippy. Couldn't find a pronunciation for that online, but it's a First Nation group. They're also known as Crane River, uh, and they're in Winnipeg, where she lived. And she was just 24 years old, so really young. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, police believe that she was killed either on May 14th or May 15th of 2022. And her partial remains uh, from her body were found on May 16th, actually found in like a garbage bin. I don't know if it means like the plastic bins or like kind of a dumpster situation. It said it was a garbage mm-hmm. bin near an apartment complex. So it could have been, like, like well, the big, like, dumpsters know. they have by apartment buildings that, like, everybody oh, just dumps okay. their garbage in. Maybe one of those. Because, yeah, I'm thinking residential, we have the ones that you wheel out, like, the little, the yeah. wheel. You could definitely fit a person in there. Yeah. They're pretty big. <laughs> uh, yeah, so her, like, part of her remains were found... Th- in one of these in May 16th uh, in Winnipeg's North Kildonan neighborhood. And the scene was described as horrifically grisly. And police believed that her remains were put there uh, in the garbage bin in a hopes that they would just be taken uh, to the Brady Road landfill um, that was nearby, like before it could be discovered because it'd be hard to find it like in a landfill. Yeah, that's a yeah. bad situation when that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of all the information I have, really, about Rebecca Contois. Um, I don't have a lot of information about each of these, but um, as the case evolves, there's, like, a little more. But unfortunately, I couldn't find too much about each of these women, like, specifically. Yeah, but it's tough. Yeah. Um, the next person that they kind of like became aware of was Morgan Beatrice Harris. And she was a member of the Long Plain First Nation and she lived in Winnipeg. She was 39 years old and a mother of five and a grandmother to one. So like she had a big family who seemed like really loved her. And Aww. yeah. Uh, Harris was last seen in the area of Winnipeg's Main Street and Henry Avenue, and police believe Harris was killed on May 1st, 2022, which is the last day that uh, anyone is able to figure out that she was seen alive. And authorities had issued an alert around that time asking for help in like locating Harris because she had been, I think, reported missing or something by her family. Hope so. Yeah. Dang. And then uh, the third one, I'd normally say it's like Mercedes, but it's M-A-R. That'd be like Mercedes. We're still Mercedes. I worked with a girl named Mercedes. Yeah, I think it's Mercedes. Her last name is Myron. And she was also a member of the Long Plain First Nation. 
And she also lived in Winnipeg. And she was just 26 years old. And Myron was last... Yeah, like, they're all also young. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was just like, oh. Yeah. Myron was last seen in the North End neighborhood in Winnipeg. And police believe that she was killed on May 4th, 2022. Myron was reported missing by her family in September. So, like, quite a bit later. But I think... uh, before that they didn't really have cause to concern like maybe she had had a history of kind of disappearing on them before um okay one source kind of said a lot of these women um their family said they had a history of like being unhoused or homeless from time to time so um yeah it could have been one of those situations where maybe they didn't necessarily realize she couldn't be located until um like months later when it was September of 2022. So oh no. once they they started fearing that something bad may have happened to her, they definitely like reported her missing at that time. That sucks. Yeah. Um the fourth victim is uh I didn't try looking this up. It's Mash Kobe Bizikalowi. That's probably really terrible, but it's, um, she was, like, originally she was known as, like, a Jane Doe, because she's, even now, she still hasn't been identified, um, but once they figured out, or they started to believe she was of, uh, indigenous descent, different, like, elder groups and indigenous groups kind of became involved, in her case and like recommended instead of calling her like a Jane Doe that uh, they gave her the moniker of Buffalo woman. Um, so that's what oh. I'll refer to her as. Cause like, and then the police after like she was given that name, like police started referring to her as that. So. Oh, okay. And that's like the, that's the, the, the proper. The one I can pronounce. Yeah. So that's what they, her yeah. community seems to want her to be called as Buffalo woman oh. until she can be identified. um yeah well props to you for trying to pronounce it i'm sure there's probably pronunciation guides online for yeah yeah. uh (laughs) so she's an unidentified woman she's believed to also be of like indigenous or maybe first nations descent and she was believed to be somewhere in her mid-20s and also like living in winnipeg or um at least, like, at the time of her death. Mm -hmm. Uh, Police believe she was killed on March 15th of 2022. Um, Beware the Ides of March. um, Oh, that part I kind of said early. That was just that she was called Jane Doe. Now she's known as Buffalo Woman. Uh, The name was given to refer to the Buffalo Spirit, which gave her name to individuals who had not received a spirit name in order to know one another and allow for the acknowledgement of buffalo woman by the spirit realm so it seems like their belief was that if she wasn't given like a spirit name that like other people that had passed on like wouldn't recognize her um that's interesting that That sounds familiar yeah, it was a little hard for me to understand the quote, but that's kind of what I got from it. 
I think that um, makes sense. Like you hear, yeah, or at least from I don't know <laughs> books I've read because you know me <laughs> stuff like that. It's like well, a lot of times, especially back in the day, like the indigenous would be like have their name among their own people, and that was very special. Yeah, and then like they would have their name like for when they walk among the white people, like especially if they were like had a white mom and a you know like yeah dad or whatever and then they would they like hannah but then like stands tall or something <sighs> thinking of someone in particular but i can't remember if that was her exact one but yeah yeah that's one character yeah they have so all I, I think that's names. okay i think that's the yeah. kind of idea they're getting at um makes sense so buffalo woman was thought to have worn uh <laughs> A jacket. Um, it's kind of a cool looking jacket. I'm surprised like nobody can recognize the jacket. Um, it's by a brand I actually owned a pair of shoes for and had perfume of. It's called Baby Fat. Um, oh, spelled P H A T. It's like very like 2007, 2008. <laughs> um, I didn't think the brand was still around anymore, but I guess it is. Yeah. Um, so she had a reversible baby fat brand fur jacket with a hood and one side of the jacket is black and the other side is black and white striped, like very thick stripes and it's like fur. Um, and then the back, I guess, has like a cat logo and then there's like a smaller cat logo on the front that I think is just like the cat with the curly tail because right. um, that's what I had on my shoes and that's what the like logo of the brand was. Yes, I remember them being in the like mall. a cat silhouette <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but there's there's there will be pictures of the jacket that's been released by police because again they're still trying to identify her. So, oh, okay, um, they, I was gonna ask. <laughs> they haven't ident like haven't released any pictures of her or anything. Really, they're only released this jacket to try and identify her. So, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Not and it's go on. it's weird because like they believe she was wearing this jacket but they also haven't found like her body so it's like how can you be sure like really you don't know who she is you don't haven't found her body but you think she was wearing this jacket like it's it's a little weird and they haven't released the details of like how they came to this conclusion oh okay yeah Hmm. Like, I think even it says, like, on the police thing, it says, like, a similar type to this jacket. And it's like, well, if you want, if you're only releasing that to try and identify her, then, and you're not even, like, releasing any details other than a similar jacket or this is a similar type. I don't know, it's a little weird. Yeah. Although, yeah, I feel bad because it's tough because they oftentimes have to keep something back because then they maybe like something that only the criminal would know like that she was seen on camera in the jacket or I don't know that doesn't make sense yeah. but you know what I mean something that they once someone comes forward then they know oh they're telling the truth because yeah we, we wasn't released to the public okay I see the jacket yeah very like very it. early 2000s yeah <laughs> Yeah, like, I feel like if you saw somebody wearing that jacket out, you would probably, like, remember it. Yeah, but, and people, like... Like, the stripes are pretty, like, eye-catching, so... 
Yeah, it's Winnipeg. You're it's literally Winterpeg is its nickname. Like you're wearing <laughs> yeah. a jacket nine months out of the year, probably. Yeah. Uh, so the victims, Harris, Myron, and Buffalo Woman, are all believed to actually have been killed before Rebecca Contuis. But Rebecca Contuis is is the only body that's been found. Um, and sh- so when they mm. found her, they started like paying more attention to these other cases. Okay. like missing persons so family members the, of several sorry i was just gonna say so the other ones obviously that m- went missing before and that's how they're yeah get, that's how like, they're kind of tied that. in yeah uh okay. family members of several of the women stated that they were experiencing homelessness uh at the time they disappeared or were murdered uh after like rebecca's the first part of her remains were found. Authorities believe that more of her remains could be found at the Brady Road landfill, like where her remains like oh. would have been headed before they were found. So right. they began to search uh, the Brady Road landfill, I think uh, it said June 2nd of 2022. Oh, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. So pretty quickly... Um, they ended up, it said they lit, like, a sacred fire and stuff, uh, before they started their search, which is, like, an indigenous, uh, thing. I think I have stuff about it later. Okay. Uh, they were joined in the search by authorities from the Kana... Oh my god, no. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't underlined, I didn't pay attention to it, about, like, looking at pronunciations, but... <laughs> Uh, Kani Kani Chikik, a medicine bear counseling program, uh, as well as the Manitoba Missing, Murdered, and Indigenous Women and Girls Liaison Unit. Um, so that's like another. Cool. Um, I think that one's like an Indigenous run program as well. Um, yeah. So they were like helping uh, authorities. And on June 26, 20- I put 20 seconds. <laughs> I put June 22nd, <laughs> then followed up with st- I was like, yeah, that's that's how dates work. Seckerst. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Um, yeah, so like 20 days after their search started, they did find more of Contuous's remains uh, at that landfill, the Brady Road landfill. And with, like, the discovery of her, like, even more of her remains at this landfill, calls came from the public uh, to search the Prairie Green landfill, um, where the remains of Myron and Harris were, uh, like, suspected to be. Because um, it it's weird, like, the police haven't really released details about, like, why they necessarily believe that to be. And then later on, I think I have that they said that they arrested their, um, the person they believe is responsible and that DNA played a large part in the case, but they haven't released any details about, like, how DNA and, like, where the DNA was or anything like that. Um, I think because it's still fairly ongoing, so maybe when the court case is over, those details will come out, but Yeah. It's right, like if she had the attackers' DNA under her fingernails Maybe. or something. Yeah. 
Um, but for some reason, the police at the time believed that Prairie Green was where they could find the remains of Myron and Harris. So this landfill was briefly shut down in June of 2022. Oh, wow. um, at the time, like it's not the same landfill that Contois was found in. But um, when they did shut this one down, it wasn't disclosed to the public until a later date. And homicide investigators determined that it was likely that the women's remains could be found at that landfill, um, the Prairie Green landfill. So obviously with them like saying this, the family members of the still missing women along with the rest of the public really were putting pressure on police to continue searching the landfill. Yeah. Um, which I think a big is how job. Oh my god. It's a lot. Yeah. Um yeah. It's like that episode of The Office where, oh no, the leads, they put them in the garbage. <laughs> the garbage got picks up and then they, Michael makes people go to the dump with him. Yeah, like it's brutal. Um, that is not not sanitary. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it says, in months later, in December of 22... Uh, 2022, sorry. Police announced that it was not feasible to search the site for Myron and Harris's bodies. Like, basically just said that they weren't going to do it. Um, this is from Wikipedia. Oh, that's basically the same sentence I just said. And then continuing. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's literally exactly what it said. Um, it says outtakes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Premier Heather Stephenson called for operations on the landfill to be paused on December 8th, 2022, but announced on December 15th that only a single cell's activities were paused following announcement on December 8th. Uh, the federal government announced on December 15th, 2022, that it will cover the cost for an Indigenous-led feasibility study on the recovery of the remains of the landfill. And Stephenson pledged support for the study following that following day. (laughs) So, like, we're going to do a study that's going to calculate the cost to search the landfill instead of just completing the search on the landfill and then, like, fuck approve it later. Like, Jesus. So stupid. They're really convinced that there's something in the landfill. They are, but they aren't willing to do anything about it. Um... Yeah, they're like, they're definitely in there from what we understand, but we're not going to search it. Uh, yeah, it's like a bunch of bullshit. Um, I mean, it would be very costly, I'm sure. And I'm sure yeah. it's not, it's, it sounds like extremely difficult, but yeah, that's that's a tough call. Like, you don't yeah. want to be charged of being like, well, we don't have it in the budget or like, you know. Right. Um, yeah, the last part from Wikipedia that I saved was saying that the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs, who oversee the feasibility study, states that a search could be undertaken as early as April of 2023. Um, so that was kind of where, like, it left it. They were like, okay, come springtime, we're gonna, we're probably gonna be searching the landfills. Um, I don't really know what happened between December when they said, like, in April, we're gonna do this, and 
this point because on May 18th of 2023, they arrest Jeremy Skabicki, uh, who's 35, and charge him with the killing of Rebecca Contois. Um, This is what I kind of mentioned. Police said DNA evidence was crucial to the case, but didn't elaborate how in any way. They just said it was crucial. Okay. Yeah. So we Um, don't know if they did search the landfill? Because they were supposed to do it in April, and then this came out in May, right? Yeah. uh, Hmm. I'll get to it in a bit. It's it's a pisser, though. Yeah. (laughs) It's a pisser. Whoa. Um, it must be yeah. I don't think I've ever heard you say those words <laughs> I have before that's what crimes and consequences always says that was a pisser oh my gosh I yeah. do that where I'm like oh I'm starting to talk like that <laughs> um, yeah so getting into like who this Jeremy Skabicki is uh, from the information I could find um on December 1st, 2022, um, that has to be wrong. That's confusing. Oh, no. I went back. December 21st, 2023. That's when it happened. <laughs> We've gone forward in time. Oh, well, I guess it doesn't really matter. So, um, Yeah, it must be May 18th of 2022. I meant that he's charged with Rebecca Contois's murder. Because then on December 1st, 2022, Skabicki is charged with three additional first degree um, charges for murder for Morgan Harris, Mercedes Myron, and uh, Buffalo Woman. Um, Okay. Yeah, despite all the victims being Indigenous or First Nations, the Crown did decided not to lay any, like, hate crime charges against him. Um, and it also said that these charges... Um, what? I worded this so weird. Um, like, the First Nations in the area really wanted those charges to be laid against him, and they had chose not right. to. Because they felt like like he had been targeting these women based on their like cultural background. Because he had killed, interesting, but like presumably killed four of them, right? But then they usually just they call that like a serial killer having a type or whatever. Like I've never seen that classified yeah. as a hate crime before. But like, I, I, yeah, it does seem racially That's motivated. Fair. Yeah, yeah. I would have to agree um, with that. Yeah. A candlelight vigil was held outside of Skibiki's home on December 1st, 2022, um, after he was, like, now charged with all four um, deaths. Wow, okay. Um, and it was held for individuals grieving the loss of the women and, like, their loved ones. And Skibiki's representative said that his client had stated that he would be pleading not guilty, like, when it would go to trial. Um, <laughs> some infor- interesting information I ran across in one source really um, had the best kind of information it said that investigations by CBC News revealed that Skabicki had a known pattern of spousal abuse with two previous partners having been allegedly assaulted, threatened, and raped by him 
okay. yeah so whether or not like again he hasn't as far as i saw like stood trial for these murders he's still a shitty dude so you don't have to feel bad for him um it would seem to yeah yeah denote a bit of a pattern pattern of assholery (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one i like that uh june of 2015 so like years ago skibiki was convicted following the assault of his common-law partner uh she was pregnant at the time and skibiki had strangled her and it also said that he had punched her repeatedly in the face uh (sighs) other times he had threatened to kill her if she had tried to make any contact with the police um somehow it didn't really say that she was able to try and file a a protection order against him but the order ended up being dismissed damn which yeah sounds awful Uh, i know i hate those like it sounds like those things don't ever do enough anyway yeah people just violate them and yeah yeah uh, Skibiki allegedly also expressed violent fantasies towards a different previous partner. Uh, it said that he had also smothered them so hard that her teeth had begun to bleed. Which sounds horrendous. I didn't even know that was possible. <gasps> like, just no, the force like... on her face, like, I guess was enough to make her teeth freaking, like, gums bleed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Your gums can bleed. Oh, dear. Uh, He was sentenced to two months in prison and then two years of probation, like, for that assault. But What? Yeah, not very much. No. Um, Then, jumping ahead a little bit, but still before the murders, in 2019, his wife at the time filed a protection order against him on their first wedding anniversary. And then a few years later, in 2021, Skibiki was charged with disobeying court orders, said it included threatening her and assaulting her with a deadly weapon. Uh, Yeah, because that little piece of paper doesn't do anything. Yeah. They really want to get back to, like, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it just aggravates people more. Like, it it really seems, it it seems to kind of be like a 50-50 thing on whether that I feel like it'd stop some people, but the people that are really gung-ho about it, like, there's nothing that's ever gonna stop them, which is so scary. Exactly, yeah, and there should be more they can do, like, when people are being stalked or whatever. Yeah, they They need to take that more seriously. Yeah, they're like, well, we can't really do anything because nothing, like, he hasn't, like, hurt you yet or whatever. Or that times like this, where they have been hurt and they're still, Yeah, still doing nothing. Yeah, it doesn't stop them. Um, so this, like, his wife at the time, um, so she got the court order, uh, she says that he told her that he would kill, torture, traffic, or abduct her, even, like, just awful, like, threatening her. Wow. Uh, Yeah, really just, just covering all the bases, too. Right. Uh, she also said that he had raped her while she was asleep and then even suffocated her with a pillow. Like, yeah. Oh. Just so gross. God. Yeah. Um, I think, you know how, like, they say in, like, true crime, there was, like, a stressor or what, like, 
triggered the person to start like yeah. the killings i feel like it was actually this if this is in fact like his work because may 2022 um that wife filed for divorce and filed another charge of assault against him which would literally be just days before he killed rebecca Contoas, which is okay. interesting yeah because she was yeah. killed they believe on like may 14th or may 15th right okay yeah which is interesting um it also said in like their research that uh two of his previous partners were metis um so he did have a history like of dating um okay like what did they say i think metis is like a separate thing right they aren't really first, first nations. nations. What you, oh, okay. Well, they have different classifications because, like, yeah, when I was looking it up last week, it said some people you can refer to as indigenous and then some people you can't refer to as first nations. Oh, and, like, my God. certain groups you should never refer to as first nations because they're not actually first uh. nations. Yeah, it was a little confusing. I was like, but... I thought that was the safe <laughs> choice. No. Like, like, when I, I was looking up, say, it said, like, yeah. Métis, people you can't refer to as First Nations, and you should never refer to them as First Nations. Oh, I so, just, I just, yeah. I mean, I, we just usually say, like, Native, like, just yeah. talking to each other, like, you know what I mean? Like, when I, like, dated a Native, like, they, they can call each, and that's the thing, too, is I was like, they could call each other, they would call refer to each other as Indians, but it's like, I can't say that, because I'm white. That would be, like, a white yeah. person saying, like, the N-word, but, like, yeah. it would just be, like, a Native girl, or, like, a Native guy, and it's just always been the easiest way, because it's, like, yeah. yeah, we don't say Native American here, because that, no, not, yeah, although it's, it's basically all the same. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the Native North Americans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, but two of his previous partners, like, were Métis, so... Okay. Uh, and further investigations done, I think, by police and stuff, or maybe it was CBC, because this was part of that same article. It said that on Facebook, he was uh, seen, like, posting a lot of stuff that was far-right, very misogynistic, very violent... Uh, anti-semitic and like oh. a lot of like white supremacist behavior um that they could find great great um <laughs> all the boxes <laughs> yeah he was apparently according to wikipedia it said he described himself as a member of holy europe and the alliance of patriotic parallel movements of european folk oh, or sorry folks well. Does that um, have a cool acronym? Because that is a fucking mouthful. A A P P E or A P P M E F. There's like too many left. It should be like A peen. <laughs> a peen. Uh, uh, so like these two groups are far right organizations which promote the belief that white Europeans need to preserve their bloodlines from being oh, diluted god. by race mixing, multiculturalism, and immigration. Oh my god. Uh, which sounds about so as like white supremacist as you can get. <sighs> yeah. I hate it. I hate all yeah. of it. 
I hate um, anything that you're to this or you're not uh, enough that. Right? <sighs> yeah. Be... It's always something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So one thing that I guess I would say like reinvigorated the search of the landfills was um what happened april 4th of 2023 and that was the discovery of another woman woman's body uh that of linda mary uh is it like beardy beardy yeah it looks like beardy uh yeah linda mary beardy beardsley (laughs) yeah um her body was found at the Brady Road Resource Management Facility. So that was where Rebecca Contuis was found. Um, her body was found at the facility by, like, employees there. And, oh, yeah, Beardy was 33. She was a member of Lake St. Martin First Nation. And she also lived in Winnipeg as well. Um yeah, her family, like, really became concerned when her body was found at the same landfill as Rebecca Contois' body. Like, so they're, they're, like, fairly recent. Like, not even a year apart, their bodies are found at the same landfill. Like, that would be a little strange. I would not want to be working at that landfill anymore, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired um, of finding these bodies. Yeah. So, like, this discovery kind of reinvigorated and renewed calls from the public to start, like, their promised and expected searches of the landfills. Like, they said they were going to search them in April or planned to search them in April for the rest of the remains. Right. Um, Police were able to determine that Beardy was not a victim of homicide. Uh, They believe and have released statements saying that she was seen climbing into a garbage bin, like, dumpster kind of thing, just hours before her body was found. Um, So they believe she had climbed into the bin and then when it was picked up by like the dump truck or whatever that her body was like transported to the landfill and that's how it ended up there. Um, Oh my god. So she climbed in. know that for sure. (sighs) Yeah, it was a little. Well, it said she had been seen. Like, I don't know if it was on videotape or a witness, but like somebody at least saw her climb into the garbage can voluntarily. Yeah, the witness that fucking pushed her in there and then was like, oh yeah, I swear to God, she just like climbed in. And yeah. the truck did that to her body. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah it's all a little fishy. weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, the police chief, Danny Smith, stated there were, quote, no other injuries that suggest any kind of foul play. Uh, Beardy's family released a statement criticizing the approach Winnipeg police took in their transparency and expressed concerns that the Winnipeg police, quote, may not be compelled to complete a thorough investigation. Which, fair. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. Um, this kind of, like, prompted, like, I'd say a little bit of a back and forth, like, the police chief... And then now the Winnipeg mayor is getting involved. Now members of parliament are getting involved, all kind of releasing statements, um, various statements about their continued efforts. And they really want to locate these victims and do anything they can. So Yeah, as long as it's releasing statements. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, The mayor, uh, Mayor Scott uh, 
I think Gillingham. Uh, he called the day a painful day for Winnipeg and continued saying, quote, we must never become numb to the horrors of the news that we're hearing today because every homicide represents a life. As a father, as a husband, I feel deep sorrow for these lives that have been lost far too early. Oh, okay. Like, And then the police chief said it's unsettling uh, when there is, quote, any kind of serial killing and continued saying, adding that these homicides are unsettling because they involve indigenous women. So that's all he really said. Um, but despite their, like, statements, uh, the government officials failed to provide any sort of funding or resources to their, like, basically promised search efforts. Um, yeah. Like, I get that they're, like, going to be enormous. Like, it's a landfill. Um, and it's also been, like, almost an entire year, at least for the ones because they think they were killed before Rebecca. It's been over a year that their bodies presumably have been in the landfill. So yeah. it's a needle in a yeah. haystack. It's a skeleton. Yeah. You know, skeletal remains in a fucking landfill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like going on, like indigenous leaders found their statements puzzling and very upsetting, citing the lack of attention or resources to help support indigenous women, like in their communities. Um, it said that like a lot of problems with them being like on the streets and like they're not getting the support they need or they don't have good places to go. Yeah. Um, and then just with like the search efforts, like they basically promised they were going to do it in April and now they're like, oh, we aren't going to do it. And then at that time they find a different girl's body. So like, obviously it's still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like ending off, I guess, with what's going on with the case specifically it said that police urged anyone with information about the crimes or about the possible identity of the buffalo woman or even information about the jacket um that has the picture of it um which will be on the website it they're recommended to contact like the homicide unit or the manitoba crime stoppers um and like crime stoppers yeah yeah uh, getting into like a bit of the aftermath of like what's going on because this is still like as far as I could tell based on like the updates from June um, it's still pretty ongoing um, I have like a bunch of quotes but maybe I won't do too many of them but basically what happened they set up like the family members set up like this camp that they originally called Camp Morgan. It was set up by Cambria Harris, daughter of Morgan Harris, one of the victims. Oh. Um, so they set up like a um a sacred fire that they've had burning since December of 2022. So it's been burning for like eight months. Uh wow. and it's her and a bunch of other protesters, and they were protesting outside of I can't remember which landfill. I don't know if I, it says, but they, at some point for like a couple days, they had blockaded the trucks, like from entering the landfill and like everything oh, like that. Yeah. It said that like, there's like a crazy amount of garbage that gets dumped there every day. Um, yeah. Along with so the bodies, if it's the one where they found. The yeah. Ruins. 
like they're wow. really just trying to get the the landfill searched for their loved ones um uh let's see i'm trying to figure out like which maybe one of these best quotes would be uh this one was pretty good this is when they uh they were interviewed like at their kind of protest there saying quote uh like the women are lost souls at this point so we need to keep it burning i think they mean the fire and to let mm. them know that we're there for them as well as bring their remains home and ensure that the landfill isn't their final resting place or for anyone for that matter yeah um, so they're really just like they need to search for like any remains they don't even necessarily care if they find their own loved ones but like clearly there could be other women's remains in there that they need to yeah, find want to give them a proper burial so their yeah. souls can rest um Damn. she continued saying quote it's scary that this is not the first time or even the second time that indigenous women's remains have been taken advantage of and dumped within this landfill uh the source said a decade earlier police spent a week in an unsuccessful search of the brady landfill for the remains of tanya nepinak uh who was believed to have been been a victim of another serial killer sean lamb um oh. yeah he dumped his victims at the same landfill so, like, it's an ongoing thing in Winnipeg wow. that, like, women's bodies are being dumped in this landfill. And that's part of, like, the thing that they're putting pressure on. Being like, this needs to stop. Like, they need to stop thinking they can get away with dumping people here. Because they are getting away with, away with it right now. Right. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Where are all these serial killers coming from? That's so scary. It's like... Yeah. Y you don't know about them until they're caught. But even then, there's so many you don't hear about. And you're just like yeah how many in one place it's scary um Ugh. also some of the pictures it showed like red dresses which i've heard about before that's about like um yeah missing and murdered women it doesn't get as lot as much attention i guess as like orange shirt day does but it's come mm -hmm. about in the last couple years as well um yeah i uh, think i mentioned it in one episode but i think so yeah not I don't remember yeah. when or why. <laughs> um, so part oh, of their pro... Oh. Robert Picton, maybe. Oh. Uh, never yeah. mind. I think. I don't know. <laughs> but for their, like, protest kind of sit-in that they're doing at the landfill, mm -hmm. uh, it said that all these red dresses were, like, hung along the fence, like, oh, tied yeah. to the fence with all these ribbons and everything. Oh, yeah, uh, you that, didn't you? Yeah, that's why I wanted to mention it. So they're, like, just all these people. It said that there's, like, a huge volume of garbage that gets dumped there every day. And with the over the year that's kind of passed since these women have gone missing, it's it would be very difficult to locate any remains. But that doesn't mean they wouldn't find, like, maybe somebody mm. else's remains, which yeah. would be good. Um. It seems like in as of July of 2023 that uh, Camp Morgan that was set up at the landfill was actually invited to move locations. Um, they were actually invited by the staff of the Canadian Human Rights Museum. Um, they were contacted directly uh, and 
like voluntarily be like do you want to move to the human rights museum we'll provide you with like security and you can set up kind of like a permanent thing here um and it would get a lot more attention because a lot of people go to the human rights museum um yeah that's a cool so, like, building too i've never been there but like my sister-in-law and my brother have been there um yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah so they were interesting architecture <laughs> yeah they were invited by the museum staff like kind of to move sites to help like get their message out maybe a bit better so when they moved locations, they are now operating under the camp, uh, under the name Camp Mercedes, um, after a different oh. victim's name. Yeah, so they changed names. I saw that in the caption. Okay. Yeah, um, and that was Mercedes Myron's sister, Jordan Myron, um, said that they wanted to set up the second camp first of all to keep her sister's spirit alive and her name, um, which is oh. nice. Uh, she continued saying we were welcomed by the amazing staff uh, where we got the chance to meet and discuss our plans and concerns regarding the encampment on their property. Um, they also said like, who was this? Melissa Robertson, cousin to Morgan Harris and one of the original organizers of the old camp, Camp Morgan, said, quote, it's a human rights problem. So we're here at the Human Rights Museum. That's one thing. And then there's a lot of traffic that go through here. So we're hoping to shine more of a light on the big problem here and what we're fighting for. Um, they've also set up like a new sacred fire. They also have a screen tent and they had back in July, it said they had plans to set up like a teepee um, on the property as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, with what they're doing at the museum now, they're... Uh, with Camp Mercedes, they're prepared to stay until, like, the landfills are searched. Um, it said that the one sacred fire had been burning for, like, 50 days or something straight. Like, it hadn't oh. gone out because people it's are like continuously... Torch. <laughs> yeah, people are continuously gathering firewood and, like, tending to it. Um, uh, what... Who said this quote? I think this is... Um, <laughs> because i'm trying to jump around now i had so many quotes i think this is jordan myron mercedes sister uh that said quote in my culture indigenous women any women for that matter are considered sacred and their sacred water carries uh or their sacred water carriers because we carry that water and that life for nine months and when we need and we need to start treating them as if they are sacred whether that be in life or in death. And it shouldn't have to be that in death is the only time we start caring. Aww. Which I thought was nice. Yeah. So true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that quote I really liked, like, stuck with me. I was like, yeah, like, people always say, like, after people died, like, you could have done more or I should have done this. And it's like, well, maybe we yeah. should just all get better about, like, helping each other out like while well, people are still here whatever short time you have yeah yeah dude <laughs> um yeah the only other thing i have just to end it on i kind of touched on it before was it said that skabiki's trial is in september so it's this month um none of the charges against have been against him have been proven in court but it, again it said there was like um strong and like crucial dna of evidence against him against him so maybe we'll find out like what that really is yeah um, 
I want to know. And find out if he gets, like, convicted of stuff and ends up being sent to prison. Because right now, technically, it's all, like, allegedly. Um, but right. yeah. Tell well, our lawyers that we don't have. We, we put it in there. Allegedly. allegedly. Um, <laughs> we yeah. need a sound bite. <laughs> allegedly. The one from the other letter, Kenny. Got one. Everybody's just saying allegedly. You fucked an that, ostrich. Allegedly. Yeah. Oh, ostrich fucker. Allegedly. Um, oh, yeah, we'll have to follow up. Um, or I'll have to follow up with this and see maybe in a month or so if we have have any updates, we can let you guys know um, what's going on. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, there might be an update. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, as far as I could tell, they have yet to search the landfills and we're going into another winter, so... I think that's like garbage. They didn't do it at all this year. Like they said they were going to. Maybe they know more so, now that they have him in custody. I don't know. I I can yeah. only hope. I can only hope they're like able to locate them. Because just like the, the daughter said, like I wouldn't want the final resting place of them to be in the landfill. Like that's just no. awful. Yeah. Yeah. Truly though. Well, thanks. I hate it. You're welcome. And what are you drinking? I, this is, out of all of those beers I got, this is the worst one. Um, so oh, I, no. <laughs> yeah. Bad beer. Boo. I'm drinking bad beer. <laughs> I, I don't even like beer, but this distinctly is, like, my least oh, no. favorite. I'm struggling. People, you know, people, you gotta, we're particular about beers, like, even people that like beers, like, they, we yeah. gotta like a certain type, but I only like a couple different kinds of beer. Yeah, this one's not my favorite. Um, some <laughs> of the other ones I saved for the end are, like, there's one that's a mandarin orange uh, ale, oh, yeah. and then there's one that's rosemary and something and another one that's like blackberry so i saved the fun ones that i thought i would like the most to the end and i've been drinking the plain like different beers um like a variety pack thing i was at the liquor store and it was like kind of make your own six pack thing so they charged me for the can separately but i bought like two six packs of them because i liked the can designs yeah, I'm yeah, one yeah. of those people. I really just wanted to keep <laughs> We've the cans. About this. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know I like yeah. a good can or like a people will yeah. buy you know a nice looking bottle of wine just because it looks cool. Yeah, and the yeah. ones I got, um, they're from the Sea Change Company. They're a brewing company oh, okay. here in Alberta, um, right. and I really like whoever designs their cans. So, <laughs> yeah, that's they mainly why I bought me, them. Yeah, they're. Uh, reminiscent of the Bat Squatch, like the Rogue Brewery. That's what it was called, right? Rogue Brewery? Yeah. I think so, yeah. That, like, kind of cool logo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's this similar. One's, this one's a wolf. It's pretty cool looking. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like the cans, too. <laughs> yeah. So, I was like, I, I told the girl at the liquor store, I said, even if I don't like it, I'm keeping the cans. <laughs> we'll just oh never buy God. it again. Yeah. Um the blackberry does sound nice. That did remind me yeah. that I do like a good like blueberry um mm. beer because it reminds never me. Never had it, but that would be no. cool. Is it oh, sweet or are they like tart? Because sometimes blueberries are tart. Uh, I 
don't remember them being overly sweet. The ones I've tried, it remind, but mm. it does give reminds me because the yeast and the blueberries of like eating a blueberry bagel or something. Okay, <laughs> it gives you that. Kind I of like vibes. blueberry bagels. So that oh, would yeah. that wouldn't oh, be too yeah. bad. I could be down for that. Um. Oh shit! What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, you said the six pack. Oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna keep the cans. Oh my god, I remember. Oh, because we just watched the Phantom Menace again the other day. It came out. I was a kid. They had uh, all these promotional stuff. They had all these different Pepsi the cans. Yeah, oh, the oh, Pepsis. Yeah, it was, yeah, I think it was Pepsi and like, yeah, like Anakin and then Amidala yep. and yeah, Jar Jar and all this. I like had a whole bunch just like sitting in my closet. I don't know what I ever did with those. Like, what my was dad, I gonna do with those? <laughs> my dad has most star wars stuff and a lot of harry potter stuff those were two of his biggest ones but i i know we have cans of those that we emptied and drained um that are somewhere just a collectible (laughs) he used to keep all of that kind of stuff in the the like it'd be like hideaway thing kind of like under the stairs Uh, okay well that's probably harry potter yeah memorabilia (laughs) getting shoved under the stairs (laughs) behind a piece of plywood um just one or two of each of the things and then you know if if it does get you know worth something valuable someday (laughs) he has a lot of stuff i remember there's like rubik's cubes star wars rubik's cubes that were like oh four pieces on each side or something and it makes a head like it's Basically, oh. like, a two-sided thing. Each one's side is a head. But when you do it, like, each side only has four squares. So it's only, yeah, like, eight like pieces. Yeah, like a Rubik's Cube. And it was, like, Star Wars characters. And um, we had one set of them. He let us mess up, and we could never get them fixed. <laughs> like, it didn't work. It was so messed up. I couldn't figure out how you were supposed to solve a Rubik's Cube. It was only, like, eight squares. Oh, that's too funny. My sister so Russ has weird. gotten really good at those. Yeah, uh, she said, like, you have a lot of time when you're on the ship and whatever, and I forget what whatever job or duty you have. She's like, you're not allowed to bring your phone in there with you, so you got to find something to do. I'm oh, like, oh, okay. shit, I would need a book. Yeah. <laughs> Just well, they like say, like, hours. any Rubik's Cube you can solve in, like, 22 moves or something weird, like, no matter oh. how fucked up it is. So. I'm sure. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's not we'll my be favorite right back. Kind of puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. After these messages, sponsored by Rubik's Cube. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Courtney and I'm Lisa, and we are the hosts of the Book of the Dead, a true crime podcast based out of New Jersey, where we tell you about the most obscure cases that you may have never heard of. So join us in the Book of the Dead library for another chapter of the Book of the Dead wherever you get your podcasts. Bye, guys. Anyway. Are we back? <laughs> no. Maybe. Hi. <laughs> We're here. We're back and blathering about things again. Can you hear me, Sonny? Speak up. <laughs> I can hear better in this ear. I can... I can and taste I, color. And I can't see anything <laughs> smaller than a 12-point font. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about font sizes. 
That's true. Also, Gen Zers, do you have a favorite font? Like, we have a favorite pen. <laughs> I, I have different fonts I like for different, like, themes and cases yeah. we're doing. I change it up a little. Oh, yeah. Oh, I always use Calibri. Just, I find it very easy to read. Yeah, that's true. I think I'm partially dyslexic because my, my dad's, like, partially dyslexic with, like, numbers and stuff. And I have a really hard time oh. with numbers. So... Uh, yeah. yeah, I find it hard sometimes. So sure. I find I the when one you get font. a quote and then it's not your font. You got to go with the other, or you can change it. But yeah, that at the end, stand out. <laughs> no, I just save all my. After I have all my notes, I go through and then I just copy, select all, change all the font, all the size, like. Well, we do our notes very differently. Yeah, we yeah. do. Well, I don't. I don't write any of it down because that would hurt my hand too much. So, yeah, yeah. But she does change yeah. it up. She doesn't just use <laughs> everybody else's words. <laughs> no, I, I compile like from all my sources and retype basically everything other than my quotes or what I say I got from like specific articles, like a paragraph at a time. Yeah, I quoted a lot sometimes this I keep time. Some... Sorry. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. there's good stuff and you're just like, damn, this person like wrote this out like really well and easy to follow. So you're like, yeah, I'm just going to quote them for six paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm coming into that with the one we're working on for Patreon where I'm like, this timeline is amazing. Wait, do I need other sources? Yes, yes, I do. I need some yeah. contact. I need some meat. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's been great. Anyway. That's good. I like a good timeline. I have one on mine that's like, I think it's a timeline. Or it has like a timeline of the case. <gasps> oh, damn, I missed. Sorry. Uh <laughs> uh, flies. <laughs> Yeah, I think mm. I left that in the last episode. It was you. You went, damn, a fruit fly. Then, oh god, fucker. <laughs> that was really well timed. <laughs> Into my face, <laughs> like get away from me. Okay. I'll stop just right. One got in my drink the other night. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I'm like, gross. This is the only liquid in the here other than a hot candle. So I'm like, I don't want it to go in my drink. <laughs> It is a liquid. The candle is completely melted. <laughs> mm, hot wax. Yeah. I, I'll take the turtle blood. Thanks. <laughs> Call back. Melted wax is a liquid. Okay. The statement stands. <sighs> oh my god. Quick tangent anecdote. Did I tell you that Rain had to get rid of her... Um... <laughs> pocket knife swiss army knife because she no didn't think that that was something she could she just i always have it on me i didn't think do you think that they're gonna care if i bring that on the plane yes yes I yeah a hundred percent just care after if you bring i checked nail my checked bag immediately after i had checked Aww. my checked bag like honey no. So then we're running around. Well, maybe you can try information or security or somewhere where we were gonna like, ask, but we didn't know where that was. And I was like, mm. we can't miss our flight over this. And then, so she tried stashing it. 
like, oh my behind this remote like ATM. I don't know. It wasn't there on the way back. But no. my mom sent her a because you can mail whatever the fuck knives you want. My mom sent her yeah. a new little <laughs> Swiss Army knife or whatever. <laughs> oh, thanks, mom. <laughs> Just like when we yeah. went to Vegas and I had to throw it all my like shampoo and oh my skincare god. and everything. I was telling her, I was like, oh my god, I couldn't remember like what it was. But yeah, you had like two big liquids or something and you were just like, I guess I'll get rid of this. <laughs> just like, well, because it didn't fit. I guess it didn't fit in the bag, but everything was like in oh. very small amounts and labeled. Like, they are you. so picky and it's like different at every airport so you're like yeah i don't know oh yeah rain was stressed when we came back <sighs> through where the fuck whatever they had to unpack because by the time we come back from our mom's we had she had a suitcase because mom had packed <laughs> bought an extra cheap suitcase like like a three-piece suitcase set for like ten dollars or something Oh wow! So then we had like this extra like carry-on suitcase, and then we had packed all the weird stuff that Mom had given us. Like, do you want to? You need another paper towel holder? Here's a marble one. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> weird. And then we packed that amongst like a bunch of clothes and stuff, like Rain's clothes and overflow of because my mom always buys us tons of clothes every time we go back. So anyway, and then they're like, we have to unpack this because we couldn't scan it because we couldn't. When we scanned it, we couldn't see everything. It's just like uh, packed too much time. Too Rain's tight. Like, Rain's like, oh my god, I lose all my stuff. <laughs> she's like totally no. jammed. Like she's like just a mini version of her dad right then. Just like so stressed. Like, it's oh. gonna be okay. Jeez. And that wasn't even our worst day on the trip, but that's okay. I'll I'll whatever. I'll tell you about the our missing our flight another day. I didn't I didn't even want to get into it since we got back because it was it was too traumatic <laughs> i think you told me about it yeah i might have told you okay because yeah. i told you already i always have dreams of being late to things and nightmares yeah and it's i like think it you was... told me about it already <sighs> suffice it to say we spent way too long in the toronto airport and hated air canada by the end of the day <laughs> yeah that's yeah. fair they were not that helpful but that's okay they're never going to be our sponsor anyway <laughs> that'd be weird that's we're like a, to that. <laughs> a flight podcast or something oh my god but i would so listen to a dirty travel detail stories podcast oh try to i try to remember all the stuff i heard when i was in travel but you know yeah that's neither here nor there we're here to talk about sad things yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, so mine's like a big sad old list of victims. Just like you said, yours yeah. was a bunch. I was like, great. So is mine. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. There's too many of these ones to choose from. Really. Um, yeah. I'm happy we ended up with going like different areas, though. Yeah. Mine was Winnipeg. <laughs> Oh, pardon me. Mine's entirely in British Columbia. Um, so, you know, one on this side of us, one on the other side of us. It basically, yeah. Geographically, yeah. It's shitty all over, you know. Um, 
Yeah, mine is actually, they actually gave it a lovely little nickname, as I told you. It's called, uh, colloquially, The Highway of Tears. Yeah. I had heard of that before the name, but I didn't yeah. know. I knew it involved, like, missing women. I didn't know, like, any of the cases involved or actually even where it was in Canada. Um, I just no. knew the name. So. I don't think I knew it very i still don't can't say that i know everything about it i mean but yeah i i had heard of it maybe only the last few years or there's a lot of things yeah. i heard like when i started listening to podcasts and stuff like that or maybe pat mentioned it to me he did grow up in bc so um yeah that's where it is it's in bc it's um from prince rupert to prince george um, but it might also sound familiar because it does sound a lot like another horrible um, name in history was the, the called the Trail of Tears. Uh, have you heard of that one? It's a little bit. No, bad. I haven't heard of that. It's more. It was in. It's more of an American. Um, oh, yeah, okay. this was in the United States, but I have the Wikipedia. <laughs> Because it's, well, that, I'm sure that's where they got the name from, right? And it's like, I don't know, it's, it's <clears throat> important, yeah, obviously, to mention how long, you know, sh we've been shitty to people here and yeah. how that affects further generations and basically day one. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know, all that shitty stuff leads to crime and stuff like that. All those horrible even, things. Even, not even, like, <clears throat> well, I guess I can't even say not even intentionally doing stuff. Because then I was going to be like, the diseases, like smallpox and all that shit. That, yeah. Like white people brought over. But then it was like, but they also intentionally infected them with that. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, didn't people? put small packs like blankets, blankets and stuff? yeah Why? oh god i think they were we just trying awful. to kill them yeah <clears throat> really shitty right. stuff because i was gonna be like even things we mm. didn't intentionally do like accidentally bring over disease and it's like <laughs> oh but then the smallpox blankets <laughs> we're only human we like to pretend that we're not <sighs> capable of atrocities but we all are that's what makes us human <laughs> great yeah uh, yeah that was on a what was it? Um, I was listening to the Tanish podcast and it was like deadliest disaster like it said disasters or something so I thought it was going to be like mm. kind of like all the natural disasters yeah <clears throat> yeah sorry it was uh but it included like plagues and like mm. Yes, the like the smallpox and epidemic, like things like that. And I was like, oh yeah. my god, wow, there's been lots of time. Like it's like, oh, but then there was this war in like China and Japan that killed like this many people or whatever. And you're like, what the fuck? Like we don't even talk about those yeah. wars. Like it's like the Spanish flu, bubonic plague, smallpox, yeah, like, tuberculosis, tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah, but all the ones even less famous that were like, holy shit, they still killed tons of people, or like we just all be killing people since the beginning of time. Yeah, I mean, out of all of the creatures on Earth, we're the only ones that like invent war, basically. Like, 
other places have yeah. like tribes and have like like I guess like um what do they do like lions and stuff they have like their their prides their prides that's what I'm looking yeah. for I was like their tribe no yeah like their pride We've been uh, watching a lot of nature shit lately, so... I mean, yeah, yeah, so, like, some <laughs> animals do, but it's not, like, they're starting crazy wars, even if they're having, like, conflicts yeah. between, like, groups of... It's just, like, like... Yeah, it's over territory and stuff, like, necessities yeah. and, and, and things like that that's, like, really primal. It's not like, oh, I want your oil because it'll make me richer. It's like, no, we want this area for food because... We need to food. Oh my, we need to food. (laughs) (laughs) We need to food. We need to food. Oh my god. (laughs) We need to record this thing, but I can't stop coming off now. We did, well, we watched one though that I was like, it was all about these chimps and they're fucking very much like humans or whatever. But then monkeys came in and it was like, oh no, wait, monkeys and chimps, they don't get along. And then they. Mm. Spoiler, they killed this one named Pork Pie. And I was like, Pork Pie. And then I was like, oh my god, it's hard out there for a chip. It was rough. Okay. Raining it in. Oh yeah, this is very not funny. So, the Trail of Tears was an ethnic cleansing and forced displacement of approximately 60,000 people. Jeez, Um, that's a lot. Yeah. I forgot it was wow. that many. Of the five civilized tribes, quote unquote. <clears throat> oh, don't love sounds... that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds shitty. Don't probably probably because we chose it, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, and this was between 1830 and 1850 by the United States government. So as part of the Indian removal, members of the Cherokee Muskie, probably saying that wrong, Seminole, Chickasaw, and Choctaw nations were forcibly removed from their ancestral homelands in the southeastern United States to newly designated Indian territory west of the Mississippi River after the passage of the Indian Removal Act in 1830. Oh yeah, they do talk about this in the Little House books. They watch them all walk by like in this sad line. Oh, that would be so depressing. That's awful. I can't imagine, like, being forcibly displaced from somewhere just because, like, imagine you're, like, living in your community and the government just knocks on your door one day and it's like, get the fuck out of here. And you're like, but I own this. And they're like, no, you don't. We decided we don't give a shit. More than that, it's like your ancestral lands and, like, your sacred springs and, like, all these areas that, like you've been burying people on forever and they're like we're just gonna build a fucking school here and it's gonna be super haunted (laughs) yeah like that's i can't i can't fathom it because like my ancestry is like never experienced anything like that so like it's not even in my realm of like possibility of what i I could imagine that being like I guess that's our, like, white privilege, yo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just the worst part than that was that the relocated people suffered from exposure, disease, and starvation while en route to their newly designated Indian Reserve. Mm. Thousands died from disease before reaching their destinations or shortly after. 
Um, some historians have said that the event constituted a genocide, although this label has been rejected by others and retains remains a matter of debate, rather. Bad. Either way. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the precursor that it's probably named after. Oh, okay. And now we have one. Yeah, now we have the Highway Jeez. of Tears. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I have no, I have no words. I'm just gonna move, move right along. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. rough, hey? Um, so it's in BC, British Columbia, Canada for you non-Canadians. <clears throat> that's the province that the province that's north of Washington state, west of Alberta and south of Alaska and maybe a little bit of the Yukon. I don't know. Still thinking about wine and crime and how they were like, where is anything in Canada? I know there's <laughs> Toronto, and I'm like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> so it's actually speaking of Americans, it's where Vancouver is. So a lot of people, a lot of oh, Americans okay. know Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, it's that big city that I like to call North Hollywood, because <laughs> um, not. Toronto, because that one reminds me more of New York, and it's further on the east anyway. But this one is like, it's like literally north of LA, and it's like got yeah. a lot of filming there, and it's also got a lot of freaking homeless and like poor areas yeah. and stuff. Yeah, because the cost of living there is just absolutely insane. Yeah, they have higher taxes than we do here, but so do we in the in the eastern provinces, we just don't have as much money as you, you western provinces, we always used to say. <laughs> um, like my one like, friend, he lived yeah. in London for two years, and then after that, he was oh. here for, back in, like, Alberta for a few months. Uh, yeah. Or maybe a month or so, and then he moved to BC, and he told me it's an as expensive to live in Vancouver as just in like a slightly different way but like overall basically as expensive as it is to live in vancouver as it was to live in london and in like, london england yes oh my god fucking london england like he That's i think disgusting. he said like food and everything was more expensive in one place and then housing was more expensive than the other but altogether it basically like equaled each other and i was like fuck he's like yeah everything at the time as much there with the exchange rate <laughs> Yeah, as I was, like, I went to stay with him for a couple days in Vancouver, and he lived in a house that had three levels, so there was a basement that had two people living in it. He was living on the main floor that had three people renting it, so there was, like, two people in the basement, three people on the main floor, and two people in the attic. Wow. So there's, like, (laughs) literally seven people living in one fucking house. Yeah. It was insane. <clears throat> Probably paying and, pretty penny for their rooms too, and they're like shared yeah. communal areas. Yeah. Yeah, they had one bathroom for three people on the main floor. Mm. It's like, what the fuck? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope, nope. Never go back to one bathroom. Never. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh my god. I told him I was like, couldn't you just get another visa and go back to London? Like that's what I would do. <laughs> Oh, dude. At least like... try London, Ontario. No. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and it also, I think, gave us people like Ryan Reynolds. He lives there anyway. Yeah, he's from and Seth Rogen. Oh, God, I love Seth Rogen. 
Okay, anyway. Um, God, I also, love Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Wow. It goes without saying. Uh, oh, yeah. And also Pat, who's from BC, says that BC stands for bring cash. <laughs> bring cash. Really? Yeah. Um, so, yes, that is in the south of the province, as we know. Uh, the But up north of there, it's... Uh, as you get closer to the Alaskan border, as one might imagine, it gets a lot more isolated. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Fewer, a lot fewer people living up that way. I mean, uh, we're actually quite a bit north of Vancouver, but we have, we are a big city. <laughs> they have yeah. like, a lot of small communities. Yeah. Um. So this rather remote highway runs a uh, 724 kilometer stretch of Yellowhead Highway from Prince Rupert on the northwest coast to Prince George on the, what they always call the interior, which I always find funny. They got the coast and they got the interior. It's like New York and upstate New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so buses are not very common in this area and just no way to get from one town to another community to another so there's just so many people that just resort to hitchhiking is is the big issue here (laughs) still happening okay yeah i would imagine well people know it's dangerous now yeah yeah oh i mean especially here i'm meaning yeah yeah, like the 70s and 80s. It was like Taught so us a common. lot. <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing, uh, I think it was on the radio, they were talking to a guy and he said that he hitched, hitchhiked to school every single day for like multiple oh years God. when he was like in middle school. It's like that could have ended so poorly every so day. crazy, yeah. 10 months out of the year for years. <sighs> so much work too. <laughs> Right? Yeah, he's like, I would just start walking and then hopefully a car would be able to drive me to school on time. Otherwise, oh, he's like, I would be a little bit late. It's like, fuck. Yeah, or a little bit dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he didn't have to worry about that. He's a man. <laughs> no. Okay. So back to this. The exact number of women who have disappeared or been murdered along... Um, I said it's called Yellowhead Highway, which, as you know, comes all the way to here. Yeah. <laughs> I drive on it all the time. But it's also called Highway 16. Um, the RCMP, oh, so, so the exact number of women who have been disappeared or who have disappeared or been murdered along Highway dis- 16 is disputed. Oh my God, can't talk. Um, the RCMP acknowledges 18 murders and disappearances in its list of Highway of Tears cases dating from 1969 to 2006. Yeah, well, there's got to be a lot more because you could probably say there was 18 in the city we live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not a good amount, that's for sure, for this yeah. <laughs> kind of small area. <clears throat> um. Oh, yeah, they also include women who've disappeared from highways 97 and 5 in British Columbia. So I think they're like these kind of little offshoot branches that go up. Yeah, that go up along the way and connect to a few communities. Sorry, 
I could if I was going to upload any pictures, it was going to be from the freaking uh, Canadian Encyclopedia website where I got most of my information that had quite a uh, mm, extensive like nice. list of the victims and stuff. So, if, yeah, if you do want any visuals, <laughs> although I'm too lazy to have put them up for you. <laughs> um, no, it's a good resource, though. Uh, so 10 of these, um, 18, uh, identified victims are indigenous women and girls. However, indigenous groups argue that this number is misleading because it reflects only the disappearances and murders that have happened in the specific geographic areas around these highways. And that the real number in Northern British Columbia exceeds 40. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, yeah. It's probably a good guess, hey? I mean, disappearances on highways, I just feel like, are probably fairly high to begin with. So, them to only say 18 yeah. seems like a very low number. Going back from, like, right. 1960 that's to, like, 2006, you're basically saying for 50, 40 to 50 years, only 18 people disappeared in a whole province. Like, <laughs> I mean... You hope for a much smaller number, regardless, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, just seems pretty uh, unrealistic. <laughs> I guess. So, according to Human Rights Watch, an international non-governmental organization that conducts research and advocacy on human rights, British Columbia has the highest rate of unsolved murders of Indigenous women and girls in Canada. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> and from what I found, many others, such as uh, Indigenous groups, agree. And the Federal Minister of Crown, Federal Minister of Crown, Indigenous Relations Canada. It's an awkward um, title. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't come out very easily. No. Um, Carolyn Bennett says the overall number of missing and murdered Indigenous women in Canada is staggering, likely over 1,200. I don't know if that's just like ongoing ones, but wow, probably. So, um, another, you know, in informa- informative paragraph about the RCMP investigations from 1981 to 2005. This is also from the Canadian Encyclopedia dot ca. So that's how we roll here in Canada. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no dot com here. Dot C A no. only. Uh in nineteen <laughs> he's gonna fly still. <laughs> yeah, it keeps buzzing around my face. I have to cover oh. the top of my drink right now because it keeps oh. coming like near me. Ugh. Um <clears throat> in nineteen eighty one or yes, this is nineteen eighty one to two thousand five. Uh, In 1981, the RCMP organized a conference to investigate the growing number of unsolved cases of murdered and missing women along Highway 16 and other highways in interior British Columbia. Known as the Highway Murders, these cases involved women who either were found dead near Highway 16 or were last seen in that area, often hitchhiking. Approximately 40 police detectives from British Columbia and Alberta attended the conference. Close investigation of the cases revealed a number of similarities, including reports of suspicious vehicles and the names of persons of interest. Interest. While the Highway Murders Initiative identified prime suspects in certain cases between 1981 and 2005, 
women continued to disappear or were found murdered along the Highway of Tears in British Columbia. So, like, they're aware of it, but... Yeah. This but does remind me... I'm sh- oh, do sorry. anything about it? Just like yeah. my... Can, like, fucking do anything about it? Well, it's funny, because your red dress thing had me thinking, I think I... I think I must have run across that in the Robert Picton episode, which was also he operated in BC in the Vancouver area. Mm. So it's like it's 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 rough. There's a lot of and our, guess, vulnerable people. Our second episode, the Canadian uh, Canadian true crime, my guy oh that my like God. used to force people to have alcohol poisoning. A lot of them yes. were Indigenous women, and it was in BC. Oh, he was. He would so find gross. them like downtown, and he would like basically when they would be like unconscious and stuff, he would like pour more and more alcohol down their throats and stuff. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was in BC, and that was a lot of his victims were Indigenous women too. Oh my god. Yeah. That's so sad. Hmm. Episode two. How far we've come. My God. Right. It's forever and a half ago. Oh, yes. We, we were still editing on Anchor. <laughs> and we were recording using our phones. Oh my god. Can you god. believe that? Can you imagine if we still <laughs> recorded using our phones? We still that record using our first microphones. <laughs> yeah. Yes, my like... phone is literally like falling apart. I really need a new one. I, I wouldn't want to chance it on that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> so there was also something called the RCMP Project E-Pana in 2005. And that was in response to some commonalities between the murder cases of three women, um, Alicia Germain, Roxanne Thiara, and Ramona Wilson. The British Columbia RCMP's Unsolved Homicide Unit created Project E-Pana in the fall of 2005 to investigate other cases of murdered and missing women and girls in the area along Highway 16. Um, this project was named in part after an Inuit word describing the spirit goddess that looked uh, looks after souls just before they go to heaven or are reincarnated. That's nice. Yeah. I don't know if I read that before very well or just skim read it. <laughs> Could you tell? <laughs> oh! <laughs> it happens, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, because I know a lot of this was just, you know, it was, it, it is kind of wordy, like task yeah. force this and what. Yeah. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. Mine um, ending off with two and a half pages of just almost completely just quotes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to read some of these, but not all of them cool anymore. It was cool what they were doing, though. I really liked yeah. how the community was coming together and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they decided on three criteria when reviewing these types of cases uh, to decide if they were Project E-Pana worthy, I guess. If the victim was involved in a high-risk activity um, that would expose them to danger, such as hitchhiking or being involved in street trade, such as sex work, it says prostitution, but, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. If the victim was last seen or their body was discovered within one mile of British Columbia Highway 16, and in 2007, this was broadened to include Highways 97 and 5. 
if they were female. And um, in 2005, when ePANA was first launched, the RCMP identified nine victims who had gone missing or had been found murdered along Highway 16. Um, oh, this was Okay. Sorry, it's so confusing because you're like, there's 18, like, confirmed, but then this is when they decided. Oh, that nine of them were, all but one of these victims were indigenous. Okay, so this is when I have the actual list of names, and that's all I could do, basically, was list yeah. the name in the little blurb, because when there's, like, 18 yeah. people... Most of them indigenous women, then yeah, it didn't have time to deep dive too much, which is so sad. But we have some names we can say them. There was Gloria Moody. Uh, hers was murdered and unsolved, so it also has whether they've, you know, been solved or not. Okay. Um, yeah, she was age 27 and the mother of two was last seen leaving a bar in Williams Lake, British Columbia on 28. On the 25th of October, 1969. So this is the oldest case. Yeah. Oh, that's so long ago. I know. I think about the 60s. It's unsolved. in black and white. And it's still <laughs> unsolved. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, her body was found the very next day. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, Micheline Pare. I'm not sure if that's how you say the last name. Uh, status is murdered and unsolved. Uh, Micheline was last seen in July 1970 along the Fort St. John Hudson's Hope, uh, British Columbia's highway. Her body was found on the 8th of August near Hudson's Hope, and she was 18 years old. Jeez. <sighs> Gail Ways, murdered and unsolved. A 19-year-old from Clearwater, British Columbia, was last seen hitchhiking in October 1973, and her remains were found in April of 74. Now, the wow. RCMP suspected uh, Bobby Jack Fowler in her death, but no conclusive evidence existed to convict him. I feel like I know that name. Really? Yeah. I don't think I did. At least I, Fowler. Fowler I've heard before. I've heard of the name Fowler. No, I know. I don't think I had heard of him, but I have a little bit. I might have a little bit more on him because he was connected to um, at least that one. Um, Pamela Darlington murdered and unsolved. She was a 19-year-old Kamloops, BC resident who was found murdered in a local park in November of 1973. Oh, yeah, and the RCMP suspected Bobby Jack Fowler was responsible for her murder, but no conclusive evidence existed to convict him. Hmm. Yeah. Monica Ignaz, murdered and unsolved. Fortunately, a lot of those. She was 15 years old when she was last seen walking along Highway 16 in Thornhill near Terrace, British Columbia, in December 1974. Wow. That's yeah. so, so young. I know. It's just a child. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, her body was found four months later, a few kilometers east from where she disappeared. Colleen McMillan murdered and solved. Colleen was 16 years old in August 1974 when she left her family home in Lac Lahash, British Columbia, to hitchhike to visit a friend. Her remains were found one month later. 
38 years later, in October 2012, DNA evidence led the RCMP to announce their belief that Bobby Jack Fowler was Colleen's murderer. Ugh, fucking serial killer. Mm-hmm. Get yes, out of here. That's maybe how I... In yours. Yeah, that's maybe how I know the name. I think when I was okay. looking up mine, or looking up for like case ideas i think it came up i stumbled on ones that were solved through recent dna things and i think that might be one of them that came up and it might have talked about the other two because i was like why do i know that name yeah because i don't he's not well enough i don't think i didn't know yeah Um, oh it's so great i love all the cases that are being solved with like them being able to pull the history from like yeah. ancestry.com and people submitting or stuff now old dna that they have i love it it's for. yeah it's one of my favorite things yeah, them identifying killers and identifying victims <laughs> it's so it makes yes, me so happy true. yeah like, some of the victims that didn't have names for like decades yeah, it's yeah. so amazing people getting closure like yeah when yeah uh yeah it really encouraged like yeah it's so amazing like i get people like concerned about their privacy but if you're not doing anything bad like oh why do you care like well yeah you could help you could help like so what if you find out your dad lives near dead no i don't know (laughs) (laughs) like those who cares if you you find out you got like what that one family that that gross doctor that was in the states or whatever and now there's like 200 siblings i think we had one here too but yeah yeah the the guy (laughs) that kept he worked in like the iv clinic or whatever and he kept um, like using his own sperm instead of the donor's sperm and he ended up with like 200 and some kids and now they're all finding each other like one new one gets flagged almost every week like that god wasn't there a movie about that (laughs) yeah there was (laughs) i watched the like true crime netflix documentary about it though instead of the like lifetime movie but oh yeah it was pretty crazy yeah i think it was called like our father sins of our father or something oh yes 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 yeah so gross (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, very gross. Anyway. Um Yeah, this, this serial killer. Sad. Oh I know. <clears throat> so Yeah, I don't know. Trigger warning. Monica Jack was the youngest victim at twelve years old. Wow. I know. She disappeared in May nineteen seventy eight while riding her bike near Merritt, British Columbia. Her remains were found in 1996. Yeah, that one's a gaff. Um, Gary Taylor Handlin, a 67-year-old man, was charged in 2014 for her death and that of an 11-year-old girl. Oh, forgot about yeah. uh, That's even younger. Yeah, he seems uh-huh. like a pedophile. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Um, that one was unrelated to the Highway of Tears investigation. And it says, though Hanlon claims he is not guilty of killing Jack, the, the first victim, prosecutors maintain that he confect, con, b- b- confected? confessed 
confessed to the crime during a conversation with an undercover RCMP officer prior to his arrest. Dummy. Uh, um, is Han- that admissible? In court? Well, I don't know. <laughs> huh. He confessed. He was an officer. I guess so. It, yeah. Hanlon's trial began in 2018 in the British Columbia Supreme Court. In January 2019, a jury found Hanlon guilty of the first degree murder of Jack. He got convicted for one of them. Um, then Maureen Mosey, uh, status murdered and unsolved. She was 33 years old when she was last seen hitchhiking near Salmon Arm, British Columbia on the 8th of May, 1981. Her body was found at the end of a runoff lane leading to Highway 97. Um, Shelley or Shelly Ann Baskew, uh, mur- missing and unsolved. Shelly Baskew was 16 years old when she disappeared from Hinton, Alberta. It's pretty close. Yeah. She was last seen by witnesses on the 3rd of May, 1983, near Highway 16. Yeah, she was hitchhiking a ways. Um, and then well, this one's name is Alberta. Alberta Williams murdered and unsolved. Mm. Uh, Alberta Williams disappeared in August 1989 at the age of 24. Her body was found several weeks later near Prince Rupert, B.C. in 2016. CBC News produced an eight-part podcast about her death entitled Who Killed Alberta Williams? Yeah, her name came up when I was looking at my cases, too. I almost covered it, and I was like, eight-part documentary. There's been documentaries about hers, and so many, like, podcasts came up, like, about her case. I was like, I'm gonna do something different. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's like someone someone's done an eight part about something. It's you're hesitant. You're like, eh. can I do this in an hour? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can I, I do this, this justice in an hour? Yeah, I feel like, and that's what's horrible about me feeling like I have to list off. I'm like, I feel like it. I should be able to do an hour on each of these instead of it just taking me an hour to read how many names there are. Like, yeah. Um, there was. Oh, that's a pretty name. Delphine Nickel. Oh, that is a nice name. Yeah. Um, Missing and unsolved. Delphine disappeared on the 14th of June, 1990. Age 16, she was hitchhiking on Highway 16 between Smithers, B.C. and her home in Telqua, B.C. Ramona Wilson murdered and unsolved. Age 16, Ramona Wilson was hitchhiking to her friend's home in Smithers on the 11th of June, 1994. Her remains were found in April 1995 alongside Highway 16 near the Smithers Airport. And Ramona was a member of the Gittenmax Band. I'm not sure. Her tragic story was part of a 2006 documentary film by... Métis filmmaker Christine Welsh Finding Dawn about missing and murdered Indigenous women in Canada To watch oh. that Yeah um, Roxanne It looks like Tiara But with a TH Tiara maybe um, Status murdered and unsolved At the age of 15 Roxanne Tiara disappeared in November 1994 From Prince George, British Columbia her body was found near Burns Lake, B.C., off Highway 16. 
Alicia Germain, status murdered and unsolved, living in Prince George, B.C. She was 15 years old at the time of her disappearance. Her body was found near an elementary school close to Highway 16 West on the 9th of December, 94. Mm. I think hers might have come up when I was looking, too. Oh, Germain really? sounds familiar. His last name. Yeah, and I think that might even be the second time she got mentioned in these notes. Because they singled out a few names earlier. I don't remember. I have a lot of quotes, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Lana Derrick, status missing and unsolved. A teen from Gitanyo Band. She was 19 years old when she disappeared on the 7th of October, 95. Last seen at a gas station near Terrace in British Columbia. She was traveling east on Highway 16 to her home in the Hazleton area. And she was enrolled in studies at Northwest Community College in Houston, British Columbia. Um, Nicole Hoare, H-O-A-R, I don't know. Hoare? Um, status missing and unsolved was from Alberta and working in Prince George um, in the area as a tree planter. She was last seen hitchhiking from Prince George to Smithers on Highway 16 West. Uh, she was 25 years old at the time of her disappearance on the 21st of June, 2002. Jeez. The last couple ones. Tamara Chipman, missing and unsolved. She was 22 years old when she disappeared on the 21st of September, 2005. She was last seen hitchhiking on Highway 16 near the Prince Rupert, B.C. Industrial Park. Uh, her home community was Maurice, Maurice Town First Nation. And then, ooh, this one has got an interesting spelling, but I think it's Isla. It's A-I-E-L-A-H. So I'm going to go with I Isla. think so. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a nice cool. name. I really like that. I'm partial to names that start with A, but yes, I like it. <laughs> Um, Isla Sarek Auger murdered and unsolved. Oh, she's also a young one. She was 14 years old and a student at DP Todd Secondary School in Prince George when she went missing. She was last seen by her family on the 2nd of February 2006. And her body was found on the 10th of February 2006 in a ditch along Highway 16, approximately 15 kilometers east of Prince George. Jeez. So many. Like, yeah. Gotta be at least one serial killer, right? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like mine, they said in Winnipeg it, with Jeremy, like it hadn't even been the first serial killer in Winnipeg that was targeting indigenous yeah. women at that landfill. Like, yeah, that was pretty <clears throat> crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks because it's like they know something's going on and like, they're trying to come together to figure out what to do about it like i have more where they have a symposium with victims families and mm. um this governing body the highway of tears governing body or whatever which by the way if you abbreviate highway of tears it comes up as hot which didn't make me feel good when it was like the hot That's governing hot body. <laughs> yeah it's my so best hot, paris hot. hilton yeah it's hot it's hot um <laughs> Um, I know, no, yeah. it's just hard because, like, a highway, like, how do you, how do you patrol a mm. highway? Like, it's difficult to come up with a very concrete plan of attack 
I think. Yeah, because, like, you're either, yes, you could look out for people walking down the highway and, like, yeah, stuff, but, like, if they've already been abducted or something, that just means they're already in a vehicle. So, like, what are you going to do about the vehicles that are on the highway? Like, it's it's yeah. so hard. Yeah. Yeah, you can't, like, and it's so say, long. don't hitchhike, like, people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah they're gonna do it if they're gonna do it and then like you can install lights but like you know can't yeah can't patrol it all all the time you're right really i think the only thing that would do a drastic big difference would be like like how we have like photo radar cameras having like cameras up that like yeah different lights or like kind of different known areas or like near the the pull-offs where they kind of sometimes have a bit wider of a thing where you can pull off your vehicle a bit safer maybe having like cameras there or it would be nice some places have cameras seemingly everywhere that would deter people a little bit because at least then hopefully if you had somebody getting into a vehicle you could like maybe get somebody's license plate if they had pulled off to the side yeah or at least maybe a vehicle description put in a toll (laughs) yeah toll road people be like i don't want to pay that (laughs) yeah that would just make it harder for people to get between communities though i know every everything you do is just making it you make it harder for like the perpetrators but you also make it harder for the victims yeah like that's um, so true yeah Yeah. you just gotta put in like Every, I don't know, <laughs> fifteen feet. They have like those emergency phones, like they have on campus. <laughs> There's them everywhere. Oh, oh my God. they don't even have pay phones anymore. Like, it's brutal. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. We they're not gonna get out to you fast enough. Ugh, shut up. I hate it. Okay. Um. So, <laughs> all right. Let's go with what we do know about the one dude. And some of the uh, f- things we have figured out. So, oh, okay. Yeah. In 2012, the Project EPANA investigation unit achieved a breakthrough in the case of 16 year old Colleen McMillan, who disappeared in 1974. So, I kind of mentioned this, but the DNA evidence linked American felon Bobby Jack Fowler to her murder. The RCMP also indicated he was a strong suspect in two other Highway of Tears Project EPANA cases. Those of 19-year-olds Gail Ways and Pamela Darlington. And, um, oh, oh yeah, they, they made the arrest uh, for the, the guy who murdered Monica Jack, that Gary Tantler, Taylor Hanlon, that was in 2014. Um, but while no new cases have been added to the RCMP investigation since 2007, yay, the use of forensic evidence has helped investigators to arrest and charge some of the perpetrators and to keep those cold cases open. The RCMP reports that since the creation of EPANA, it has collected 750 DNA samples, conducted 2,500 interviews, investigated 1,413 persons of interest, and administered 100 polygraphs. That's good. It That's sounds what they're like doing. They have some resources behind them, at least. Yeah, DNA samples. That's good. They must have something to test it against. Some yeah, t- that's some true. evidence. Oh my god. 
I guess with like any of the bodies found, like you mentioned, kind of like under the fingernails, they always say like, yeah, if you don't think you're going to make it out, do everything you can to get as much DNA on you. Right. Like bite, scratch, anything yeah. you can think of to just take their DNA with you. Yeah. Like, ugh hearing stories about people that have had in situations where they've been doing that because they thought they were going to die is like so harrowing you're like oh my oh. god I would be I'd be like these nails just like fucking gonna gouge your yeah. eyes out gouge your eyes the right the fuck out I'm gonna sharpen <laughs> these babies up <laughs> yeah I'm gonna start dra- go- getting the coke pinky nails just so I can like <laughs> take out or your I eyes <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get a reputation as the as the mean one. Oh, you're well, you're getting into it too. But the other day, when did my brother text me that I was like, "Oh, now you're advocating for cat murder." I was like, "Oh, I think I did horrify Kelsey a little bit too when I said kill a tiny little pillow." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about. And here I am locking him out of the room two episodes later because he's driving me up the wall. <laughs> oh. <goodness. clears throat> Yeah, he's been um, locked out of the the room the entire episode. And you, oh, that's been nice, actually. Yeah, I didn't even want a chance, so I didn't even leave the room during our, our commercial break. Oh, no. Just in case he tried to come back in. So. That's funny. All right, I have a little bit more on this piece of shit, Bobby Jack Fowler, but it's... You'll like the ending. Um, Yay! <laughs> I'm going to try and leave us on a high note. American rapist, serial killer, active in the U.S. and Canada. He was alive, spoiler alert, from June 12th, 1939 to May 15th, 2006. That was a weird way to phrase that. He was alive from. (laughs) What am I doing? I was like, I have his date of death here. I can't. Nope. I guess I'm going to have to say it right now. Just like me, I was like, he was charged. Oh, now I charged him with some other ones. <laughs> I was like, I was gonna bury the lead, but I am. Yeah, nope. Didn't even. So it happens when I when I don't reread my notes and fix stuff like oh, that. God, rereading notes. Who has time for shit like that? We have other cases, just notes to work on. <laughs> right, we're trying to get ahead. <laughs> Convicted of rape, kidnapping, attempted rape in Newport, Oregon in 1996. He was a transient construction worker. worker. He spent time... <laughs> Shut up. This is all from Murderpedia, and they said uh, rapiding oh, around places like BC, Florida, Iowa, Louisiana, Texas, Oregon, South Carolina, Arizona, Tennessee, and Washington. These are real Israel Keys type all over the place yeah um love to use and abuse alcohol amphetamines and methamphetamines uh just a lovely little guy (laughs) once charged with the murder of a man and woman in 1969 but was only ever successfully convicted of for that crime discharging a firearm if only they had put him in jail at that time yeah how many lives would they have saved? I don't know. Spent time in Tennessee prison for sexual assault. And that was putting it mildly. Because as the investigator said, 
He tied a woman up, beat the hell out of her with her own belt, covered her with brush, and left her to die. Jesus. He's That's awful. Nice. He tended to prey on hitchhikers and vulnerable people in bars and motels. And as for suspected victims, um, quote, it said Fowler is a person of interest in at least 16 murders in BC and Oregon dating as far back as 1969. 16? Could be as high as 16. Wow. Okay. Um, Dude was as, busy. Like, yeah, as far as the RCMP believe, because uh, they know they found the DNA on Colleen McMillan. They believe he may have killed uh, 10 to 20 of the other victims. Although he was in prison but they for only like have... three of them. <laughs> oh, okay. But they only have 18. <laughs> Ten, uh, well. <laughs> Eye roll. Eight, I mean, 18, some say 40, right? I think the 18 yeah. is the low ball number the government wants to yeah present but of course it is i could have i could have yeah i probably could have found a lot more names right but this is all i had time for oh that was crazy yeah i didn't all i knew was the name i didn't know like where it was or yeah like kind of what why it was called that no, mm. I haven't seen a lot of things covering it either. I think I was like, mm. maybe there was a crime beat, but maybe that was a different area. But yeah, there was definitely an area where people were going missing. But wow. no, I think it was different because they, they they like knew or they suspected this one guy, but they couldn't prove it. And I was like, the fuck is just like yeah, that's so terrible. Like I don't even know scary. like what they can do really to prevent or like combat it very well like what's they gonna do build a high-speed fucking train they won't even do that from edmonton to calgary yeah <laughs> i've been hearing about that my entire life have you <laughs> yep oh my god then i'd actually make it to the calgary zoo that i've been trying to visit since i moved here <laughs> yeah that'd be cool yeah. much better than our zoo here it's yeah it's okay i mean it is what it is yeah it's nice yeah, to spend an afternoon three hour there, drive but... yeah yeah so uh, well, anyway don't hitchhike job. people <laughs> yeah thanks yeah. you too yeah depressing episode but i think we managed to keep it together <laughs> as much as possible People I can feel the beer my eyes don't want to be open anymore i'm definitely going <laughs> right to bed oh yeah yeah let's it's it's getting it's almost 11 i know i got progressively more and more tired (laughs) i told you i almost fell asleep on the couch three hours ago (laughs) but you kept it together and that you only yawned once that i saw (laughs) oh there was a lot more than once i just covered it with my hand (laughs) we polite around here all right (laughs) we polite around here I cover my mouth when I cough in my own car. I don't know. I'm not going to wear a mask in my own car, but like it's like a reflex. Like you cover it, you know, whatever. Anywho. <laughs> what are we, we doing like next Kel- week? Yeah. Or I so guess let's get, we got to get Kelsey to bed. Is yeah. Yes, next week. We uh, just picked it. <laughs> yeah, we also have a Patreon. What did we choose for Patreon? The caught on camera. Caught on um, camera, yes. 
I'm yeah. one that's pretty well known, but also pretty fun. I don't think I don't know the details of it. I know yeah. the name, uh, but I do yeah. not know. I don't think I've ever heard the case. So Mars. I look forward to it. And mine... yeah, that'll be coming out soonish. Mine, <laughs> I had not heard of it. Came up on a bu- a bunch of lists about yeah, like caught on camera kind of crimes. So oh yeah it it should be an interesting one you have to join our patreon so you can access it because i'm sure it'll be a great episode you don't want to miss it hell yeah and then the next regular one is gonna be more of a haunted and hidden sort of underground we'll leave you with that sort of teaser for the say it's even gonna be haunted af Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Our series. I love yeah. a good series. I don't know. Do other people do it? I like series. <laughs> it's fun. Series. I love okay. a good theme. <laughs> All right. Catch you and... next week. Bye. Okay. Keep it cryptic. This has been Castles and Cryptids. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and our YouTube channel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. On our website, you can listen to all of our episodes as well as view pictures for each of our segments. Check out our Patreon page to view all of our tiers and become a Patreon supporter today to unlock monthly bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content. We are working on an Ask Us Anything. You can submit questions by social media or by email at castlesencryptids at gmail.com. Do you have a spooky ghost story, a creepy cryptid sighting, or a thrilling true crime tale you would like to share and have us include in a future episode? Send us your listener story by social media or by email please include the name that you would like mentioned. Our music is by Kobe Affair. Our logo and artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Thanks for listening!